Ogres are like onions. Yeah, basically, and two is like an ogre, I guess. <laughs> that makes any sense. Sure. We're using all the Halloween s kind of things here. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. Hello and welcome to the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show on the Built in Buffalo Network. My name is Andrew Chang, and as always, my co-host is Justin Goddard. Tonight, we're going to preview the Bills' second matchup against the Miami Dolphins, but this time, the Dolphins are coming to Western New York, and it's going to be a spooky showdown in Orchard Park, which I'm really excited about. Uh, you know, after the bye week blues and just not having football for a whole week, I'm I'm ready for some football. I don't know about you, Justin, but I'm ready for this. Uh, and we're going to preview this game. So, you know, our original thoughts from week two and how those have changed from then until now. Our general feelings about each position group. And as always, we're going to give you our game day predictions. But, of course... Before we get into it, you can always find us on most social media and podcasting platforms and even on YouTube by searching up the Wandering Buffalo podcast. And we also are part uh, are part of the Built in Buffalo network, so definitely check them out for some great content outside of what we do here. Justin, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. Um, I'm jazzed to have football back this week. The The bye week felt like forever. I'm, I'm ready to be back on that Sunday at 1 o'clock schedule. Sunday, uh, Halloween game, you know, Mm -hmm. the crowd's going to be crazy have some weird costumes going on. So I'm pretty jazzed Mm -hmm. up for this game. What are you going to go? What are you going to be for Halloween? Huh? Uh, I'm going to be working. (laughs) Oh yeah. I thought you were going to be Batman, you know, with your, you know, you with your, before, before we got on the recording, Justin was sharing his amazing Batman impersonation. So, uh, maybe we can squeak one out of him. Uh, by the end of this episode. We'll see. How do you feel about that? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe if I can find the right opportunity. <laughs> All right. From now on, I'm Rachel, Just and then eventually it will it'll come to you. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Anyways, this game is going to be on Halloween Day, 1 p.m., 1 p.m., 1 p.m. So it, it's great for us content creators because we don't have to stay up really late recording the episodes and dissecting them. And I don't know. I just... Primetime games are fun, but I, I do like the consistency and um, easiness of a 1 p.m. game. Anyways, the weather for that day is going to be around the low 50s, so 52 degrees, cloudy. Um, hey, it's not rain, so I'm pretty excited about that. And I might even go to this game. I haven't figured it out yet. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I mean, projecting the weather a week in advance for Buffalo is kind of a crapshoot. I mean, I've I've lived in western New York my whole life, so, you know, right now it says 52 and cloudy. By the time we actually get to game day, you know, we might be talking 75 and sunny. We might be talking 30 and snow. We might keep having this rainstorm that's going on right now. So if we can get 52 and cloudy, I'm I'm all for that. <laughs> Right, right. Well, let's get into the position breakdowns of the Miami Dolphins, and we got to start with the quarterback room, and that obviously starts with Tua Tungavailoa, and he might actually play this entire game, which 
could be very interesting, Justin. I, I'm not going to lie to you. When Tua went out in week two, I was legit more scared of Jacoby Brissett than I was of Tua. And that's, that's really not, I'm not, I'm trying, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. That's just really how I felt. I, I think with Tua, if you can get him off, make him move through his progressions, he panics and he crumbles. And with a guy like Jacoby Brissett, he's a veteran and he's used to that kind of stuff and he can do it. And he's more mobile than Tua, in my opinion. And at the end of the day, I don't think Tua's proven anything in this league or to his team. It's kind of how I view Vernon Butler or Cody Ford for the Bills. It's there talent-wise, but it's not at the same time, or at least it's until it's unproven proven otherwise. So no shade. It's just honestly the truth. I, I don't believe in Tua, especially with all this trade speculation going on with Deshaun Watson. I, I don't I don't know. Not I don't I don't believe him. Yeah, I, I felt the exact same way as you when when he went out the first matchup. Uh I just I don't know if Tua will ever put it together in the NFL, but I certainly haven't seen it thus far. And yeah, he's had a, a couple nice outings the last couple weeks. Um, but there's just something about a Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier defense when they can game plan for young quarterbacks that they just, they really confuse them. They make them hold on to the ball too long um, and they make mistakes. And, you know, if he, if he doesn't leave that game in the first matchup, I think the score is much more lopsided than it even was. Uh, I think Jacoby gave him a better chance to win and, you know, despite his last couple of weeks of stronger performances, and now there's the constant Deshaun Watson rumors floating around, and Flores comes out and says, you know, Tua's our guy, which in my experience is kind of like the kiss of death for a quarterback that, like, during a game week you even have to answer whether or not your top 10 first-round pick quarterback is your guy two, two years later, like, that it just kind of feels foreboding and it it feels like that's kind of showing what the locker room is thinking of him right now. Yeah. The he's our guy quote always feels like it's the death sentence. right? EJ Manuel. Yeah. He's our quarterback. We're going to send him for Kyle Orton (laughs) one week later (laughs) or, or Tyrod's our guy. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start Nate Peterman. <laughs> yeah, two is our guy. Sure, right? Like you know that meme from Wandavision? Nah. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. We, I I believe you. We believe you. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to the running back room. So, I I, I really only know Miles Gaskin. Who are the other running backs? Um. So there's also uh. Selvin Ahmed and oh yeah, yeah yeah they also had Malcolm Brown who was just moved to the IR and Oof. kind of the the corresponding move to that is they just signed Duke Johnson from the Texans to their practice squad, um, okay. who I think is really interesting for that team. He's actually a guy I was kind of interested in for the Bills um, as like that if we were going to have a inactive running back that plays occasionally kind of breaking case of emergency running back 
Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think there's any chance we see him this week. Um, yeah. But going forward, I think he's an interesting player for them. He's he's good catching the ball out of the backfield. He's a decent runner between the tackles, um, you know, kind of just wasting away on a Texans team. So who knows what he still has left in the tank. Um, but the main guy we're talking about here is Gaskin. And I think he's a good running back. I think he had he didn't really do anything against the Bills in the first matchup. And, you know, being being a team that just came off of Derrick Henry and, you know, if you, if you take one run away from Derrick Henry last week, we held them to something like 80 yards. I don't mm-hmm. see the running backs being, you know, what's going to make or break this game for them. I don't really see them having a huge impact. Yeah, and before I get into Gaskins, in terms of, like, that running play by Derrick Henry, yeah, it would have been tight if the Bills got a holding penalty there if we can take away from that. But, unfortunately, that's not the case. And, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And this is why I kind of feel like the Dolphins don't have a good matchup against the Bills because – we just got ran over by Derrick Henry, and we just lost a really tight game with the Titans. So I, I got a feeling that the Bills are ready, are itching to get back on the field and prove themselves. So yikes for them, and bigger yikes for Michael or Miles Gaskin. I had him on fantasy, Justin, and I just want to say I hate having Miles Gaskin on my fantasy football team specifically and only for those reasons like either do something or don't guy sheesh like i i dropped him for Ernest johnson the uh, backup backup running back in cleveland and i i'm telling you i couldn't have been happier he played so much better and that being said the dolphins rushing attack isn't actually bad but it isn't good either it's 13th in the league but miles gaskin just or ackman just they really haven't gotten it going and i I don't know if it's really jacoby Brissett's rushing ability that's kind of bolstered that ranking but I, i just i'm just not really scared of this you know running back room and uh if it's anything like fantasy, Miles Gaskin's not going to prove anything to you. <laughs> like he's he's going to yield maybe point three points or four. So, I I have a feeling he's going to be more towards the point three points this year or this time around. It's funny that you talk about dropping him for DeAndre Johnson um, because I also dropped him and I picked up uh, the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup. DeAndre Johnson was taken. I uh, picked Benton? I picked up uh, Demetric Felton. Um, or Felton? Yeah. Oh. Uh, he didn't have a bad game either. He but. put up like 15 or something like that. Yeah, the, my the, boy, Ernest. The beauty of him is he gets the uh, wide receiver slash running back tag, so I can play him wherever. Hey. All right. Let's move on to the wide receivers here, and we got to start with Jan Waddle, and we'll kind of move on from there. And I'll say this. I am so glad that the Dolphins – pick Jalen Waddle and that they didn't get Jamar Chase. That's no shade to Jalen Waddle, but Jamar Chase right now is impacting his team. 
And that's not to say Waddle isn't doing the same for the Dolphins, but it's just not at the same level. And again, you could probably boil that down to the fact that, you know, it looks like the Bengals have a quarterback. And I don't know. I just feel like Jamar was the better wide receiver. And, uh, you know, Waddle, Waddle's good, and he's still unproven. He's on the right trend. But uh, if he puts it all together, he'll definitely be a problem for the Bills. It's just I, I just don't know who's throwing him the ball. Therefore, his production might not be as good as it could be. Yeah, so this is one of the areas where I have some changes from my thoughts last time. And the first matchup with the Dolphins, we didn't really know much about Waddle. And I think the problem remains for him, you know, who's getting him the ball. Um, But what we've kind of seen in limited sample size is he can get that quick underneath separation. He has the speed to do a double move and get deep. Um, And I think he... I think with the right quarterback, he can be a real problem for us. Um, The problem is, and we've seen it with Tua throughout his career thus far, is he doesn't really seem willing to push the ball down the field. Um, Mm. So kind of all that underneath stuff and the catch and run that Waddle's dangerous with could be so much more dangerous if, you know, you run a bunch of those plays in a row and then he does a, a slant and go and you've been worried about keeping everything in front of you because that's all they're doing. And all of a sudden he's 10 yards past you. Um, Mm -hmm. So right now he's not a huge concern to me. um, Albeit, you know, the most dangerous weapon they probably have. Um, But if they, if they find a way to kind of push the pace and push the ball down the field a little bit, um, that, that, that could end up being a big problem. Um, And then also Will Fuller, who we haven't seen yet this season, um, could this be the game he plays? Um, I don't know. It seems like every, something comes up every time. Um, but Will Fuller is, he's always had the talent and the talent's never been a question. It's just a matter of, you know, injuries and suspensions and, you know, some weird stuff in his personal life. Um, whatever that may be, you know, I, I hope nothing bad is going on with him, but, if he's on the field, that that makes their their offense a lot more dangerous. But it still remains to me whether or not they can or are willing to push the ball down the field. And with Tua as a quarterback, I just haven't seen that out of the Dolphins. So if they can find a way to maximize those skill sets, mm-hmm. I have more concerns about their offense than I do currently. Well, you know, I'm bringing this back to fantasy. And this man, Will Fuller, I had to start him one week, breaks a finger, gets me like 1.3 points, and that's it, (laughs) I think. And I don't know if he's actually off the IR yet or if they plan on activating him, but I would agree with you if he comes back and is healthy. That's another layer to this onion of offense, and I I use the onion reference here because I, I just don't think it's that great. Um because at its core, it goes around Tua. Tua is the core of the onion, and he's not that good. <laughs> um, Ogres are like onions. Yeah, basically, and <laughs> Tua's like an ogre, I guess. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Sure. We're using all the Halloween-esque kind of things here. But, yeah, Will Fuller, if he's there, you gotta keep you got to keep him on, uh, on your radar. But moving on, we got to talk about Devontae Parker. And he's had success against 
you know, cornerbacks like Levi Wallace. He's a really good possession receiver. Got extended not too long ago. And it gives me pause whether or not if he'll win that matchup against Levi. And honestly, I think it's a true 50-50 coin flip with those two. Sometimes we see Levi get burned, and then other times we see Levi win, and then celebrate and get a taunting penalty for it so i i don't really i don't really know it's just uh it's just a matchup that we just got to wait and see how it unfolds yeah i I think Devontae parker is a little bit of an underrated receiver who's kind of played with subpar quarterbacks um i think he could be at least a number two if not a number one in a lot of situations um very reliable good hands I just, he seems kind of off to a slower start this year. And, you know, going back and forth with different quarterbacks isn't easy. But when your two choices are Jacoby Brissett and Tua, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, f- I feel like he's an underrated receiver. And if, if they really try to exploit the matchup on, on Levi, he could have a good day. Yeah, moving on to the last, you know, impactful ones i guess uh albert wilson and preston williams and i know the dolphins fans out there really like them i i can't remember what dolphins content creator that vince taylor had on during the week two preview on his show uh, buffalo on the brain but i think he said it was albert wilson that the fans are like hey watch out for this dude he can make an impact on the game well we didn't see that in week two because probably because two went out and I'm not so sure if he's made an impact thus far or, you know, really either of those two. So we'll see if things change this time around, but I don't really forecast that happening. Yeah. I, I don't think we see a ton of them on the field. Um, especially if you get Will Fuller back in this game, I just, the, both of those players are kind of like, not the same type of player, but the same type of Isaiah McKenzie role where it's kind of manufacturing touches to to kind of scheme them open when you got your hands full thinking of other players. So mm-hmm. neither of them really strike fear into me. Um, both pretty good players, though. Right, right. Let's move on to the tight end room. And I think if I'm not mistaken, this team has four tight ends rostered, but there's only one you really need to know of right Justin it's it's Mike Gusecki and I'll say this keep that whack hurdling skills of yours and your one-handed catch theatrics down in Miami brother I do not want any of that noise up here in Buffalo just like keep your highlight stuff down down there buddy and you didn't even hurl that dude against Jacksonville you you like basically need him in the in the chest (laughs) Uh, but typically, he does really well against the Bills. Uh, not not great the last time around. Again, two one out, so maybe that's a reason. But uh, who's to say? And I, I, the one area that I feel like Gaseki isn't really good at is run blocking. And he's been on record to to admit that, and I respect that actually. Like you know, I'm not good at this. But I'm gonna try. So I, I like I like his pass catching ability, but his run blocking is underwhelming for sure. Yeah, I I think a guy like Gasecki, you don't have him on your team necessarily for his blocking abilities. He's 
mm-hmm. really more of a wide receiver in, in a tight ends uniform and, you know, mm-hmm. running different routes out of tight end sets. Um, I'm not really not really concerned about any of their other tight ends, um, but Gusecki gives me the most pause out of anybody on this team and how they can affect the game. Um, just recently, and I mean really as far back as I can remember, the Bills have really struggled with having a threat at our own tight end and stopping threats on other teams' tight ends. Um, so mm-hmm. if Gusecki's a player that they can get going, uh, I think he's kind of a matchup nightmare for most teams, um, but in particular just seeing how we've struggled with tight ends. Um, so, I, I mean, if if I'm doing the game plan for the Bills, my, my first – my first area that I'm really trying to eliminate from their game plan is the impact that Mike Kosecki has on the game. And obviously sometimes easier said than done. He's a, he's a great tight end, but that's where I would be starting with my game plan. Right. Right. And we're going to transition to the offensive line here, but I just realized, I just did a quick search. The Dolphins rushing attack is not 13th. I misspoke, so I apologize about that. And this is gonna, this is gonna be really, really. Uh, come, this it's gonna come full, full circle here in a second. So let's talk about this offensive line. You ready for this, Justin? Because this is where things get a little, get a little crazy. So ESPN put puts out their you know report about pass, uh, run block win rate, um, pass block win rate. You know, all all that stuff. And this was about a week ago from today, or about eight days ago, if you want to be technical. Um, but the Dolphins O-line ranked 32nd in pass block win rate at 44%. Now they're 11th in run block win rate, 72%, right? So you'd imagine like, oh, okay, so that young offensive line, there's still room to grow, it, but... And they're good at rushing the football. They're just not good at passing. Well, this is a passing league, so you kind of need to be good at that. And you can't be really ranking dead last in that category and expecting big things from this team, let alone from a quarterback who is unproven, frankly. And here's the kicker. This team, although they've ranked borderline top 10 in run blocking they're 31st in rushing so you have a line that can win their run blocking 72 percent of the time but you can't run the ball that's not good that's terrible yeah i i think we saw it with this offensive line in the first matchup too and it it's really crazy and has to be disheartening as a Dolphins fan. So you think about how many first-round picks they've had, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they have three first-round picks on that offensive line. And it's really just not performing well. And, you know, we saw in the first matchup, our defensive line was all over to a, to the point where, like, I I was to the point where, like, we got it. We have the defensive line. Like, this is going to be the best defensive line in football. And then, you know, next couple of weeks, we see them kind of come back down to earth. Um, but since that game, I haven't seen anything change with their offensive line that 
makes me any more concerned or, you know, have any more respect for what they're doing in front of whoever's playing quarterback. I think it's a, I think it's a game where you really need to capitalize on that and really force some pressure and sacks and force Tua to make quick reads and, and make mistakes on that when, you know, everybody's dropping back into zone and he thinks he sees something and Hoyden Psych. or yeah, Hyden and Poyer do that lovely disguising that they do and come away with a couple of picks. Um, but I think that's the real area against this Dolphins team that, that needs to be taken advantage of to, to come out with a win. You ever, you ever watch super hot fire? No. Do you know what I'm referencing? I'm oh my God. The way that you described it, just like, you know, disguising the place where Tua can get baited into thinking one thing is this and then it's the other. All I, when I said psych, all I could think is about saying is psych, that's the wrong number. And if, if you're a listener and you know what I'm talking about, you, you get it. You get it. Justin, that's your assignment. I got to homework. Look up. Yeah, it, it's, it's so stupid. It's, it's funny. Anyways, that's a good spot to, you know, take a quick break. So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to wrap up this week six, week six, no, week seven, week seven matchup against the Miami Dolphins, our second time meeting this team. And we're going to talk about the defense. So we'll start with the safeties. And I know McCourty is out. I believe you mentioned that to me earlier. He went to IR, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So with that, that leaves Eric Rowe, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, and two other guys that I'm sure the Dolphins don't want to trot out there. I mean, Eric Rowe is good, and outside of that, I don't really know much about these other safeties, and I just imagine that they're probably unproven. And I do know Eric Rowe is actually pretty good. He's known as the tight end racer. So you'll see him on whoever we trot out there if, uh, you know, Dawson Knox can't go, which I don't think he will be able to go with a broken hand. But, you know, that'd be cool if he could. Then he'll cover Tommy Sweeney or maybe they'll Give me some Reggie Gilliam. Out. Yeah, Reggie Gilliam. Let's go. Get out there, guy. You know, f- fulfill that role of yours. Um, but, hey, maybe they won't even stick – Eric Rowe on him at all, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Javon Holland's a, a young player who we haven't really seen much of yet. Um, McCordy being out, I feel like, is a big blow to this defense. And, you know, he's getting a little bit up there in age, but just having that veteran leadership and, you know, from the safety position, working with the linebackers, that's kind of like how you quarterback your whole defense. You know, they're back there seeing the whole field. And I think that's, I think that's an area McCordy was really good at, um, kind of trying to help line everybody up where they needed to be. Um, so I, I think out of their whole secondary, except for maybe one guy, that's about the biggest loss they could have taken. Right, right. Uh, yeah, McCordy's definitely a leader, and man, he he's definitely uh, when he was paired with his brother in New England, they, those two were a trouble. Like double double trouble. <laughs> Anyways, you. let's move on to the corner. I'm thinking Disney movie, like double team and all that stuff, like the twins with the basketballs, but the McCordys. <laughs> hey, we're 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 doing Halloween stuff. Double trouble, toil in trouble or whatever. I, I don't know. 
Uh, let's talk about these cornerbacks here. And this is the strength of the Miami Dolphins defense. Am I right, Justin? They have Xavier Howard, who's really, really good. Picked off Josh Allen uh, the last time we saw them. Brian, uh, Brian Jones, Byron Jones, I'm sorry, who picked off Josh Allen week 17. Last time Josh Allen saw, last time he was in Western New York. And actually, Byron Jones, I'm pretty sure he shoved Josh Allen pretty hard during that Week 2 matchup and kind of ruffled Josh's feathers. I, I, don't, I don't think that's anything Jones wants. Like you, don't want, you don't want big Josh Allen coming at you. <laughs> uh, and, you know, this defense is tailor-made to play man-to-man. But I'm not so sure if that's really worked out for them the last two matchups that the Bills had with this team. And let's not forget that Josh didn't have his statistically best game in week two. So it's worked and it's kind of not worked. But I suspect the last time that Josh played them in week two, it was mainly because Josh was maybe overthinking it or just shaking some rust off. I don't don't really know. But this... To overlook this cornerback room is a huge mistake, and I know that you know Brian Dable is dialing up something in the kitchen to really get the best of these guys. Yeah, so like you said, I think this is the strongest part on their defense, if not their whole team. Uh, I think Byron Jones and Xavier Howard are right up there with two of the best cornerbacks in the league, and you got them on the same team. Um, but like you said, I think the problem that they tend to run into is on on teams that can go deep with receiving options of really bona fide top-tier players, I just don't think they have the pass rush to really affect the quarterback enough to get the ball out quickly. Um, so especially when you're dealing with a quarterback like Josh Allen that likes to extend the play and really let his receivers work, it doesn't really matter how good of a cornerback you are. There's very few people that are going to be able to stay with Emmanuel Sanders, you know, breaking off his route and changing it all up or Diggs running across the middle. And and that's just the top two options. You're not getting into the speed that we have in Isaiah McKenzie. It's just, for me, it's just two really good cornerbacks that are kind of, their skill set is lost with the rest of their defense. Um, those man cornerbacks like that are really going to thrive when, you know, you have to get the ball out quick and they can jump routes and, and really be in the play. And after three, four or five seconds of trying to cover our receivers is, is where they're going to struggle. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's hope that happens. (laughs) I don't really have much else to add to that, but let's transition to the defensive line. And from that same report that I referenced earlier, the pass rush win rate of the Miami Dolphins is actually 12th. Good for 44% of the time. And Christian Wilkins is a really good player, so I imagine he's a part of that equation, as well as Agba, who's a really good player, in my opinion. He's got a high motor, and sometimes he can finish so definitely someone we gotta look out for and then they have that really interesting rookie Jalen Phillips that they took in the first round who's yet to put it all together and I suspect if he's able to put it all together I I feel like I'm talking about Dawson Knox here 
he'll be a really good edge defender and a just a problem for the AFC East and any opponent against the Miami Dolphins. But that is yet to happen. So good good pass rush run rate for this Miami Dolphins D-line, but uh, we'll see how the offensive line of the Bills match up with them. I don't know if it's a good one or a bad one. Yeah, so the, the stat you just gave on the uh, pass rush win rate, that's a mouthful. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of surprises me a little bit because I, I know they have some some good players there, but I, I guess I just don't really look at them in that light. Um, but for for a matchup like this against the Dolphins who love to play man coverage, that maybe that this is part of the recipe on why the Bills like to cook the Dolphins. Um, for me, it's if you want to get one rusher free and force Josh to move around, I mean, I'm all for Josh Allen also breaking the pocket and, you know, with half the defense's backs to him because they're trying to stay with their assignments, um, break off some of those big runs. Um, Christian Wilkins was a guy that I didn't think was going to translate, and he's been having a pretty good season thus far. So, I love that guy coming out. I, I wasn't sold on him, but I've been I, wrong several times before, so... I like his personality. He's he's a cool he's a cool. It's guy. another feather in my I'm cap sure. for being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're a peacock. I'm running. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> running out of places to put feathers. Right, right. Let's move on to the next group, and that's the linebackers and and Ginkle. And Ginkle. And Ginkle. Yeah, I like him. He's like the Justin Zimmer for the Bills, except he wears the Miami Dolphins uh, uniform. So outside of him. I don't really know much. It's just Van Ginkle. Yeah, it's it's Van Ginkle and then some names. Um, Sounds fun. I can't place his name right now. I think it's Ginkle. Baker, um, who was looking pretty good for them, but their their linebackers aren't really you know a strength to this team. Um, I I kind of I kind of like your comparison to Justin Zimmer on Van Ginkle. Um, he's just a guy that's. <laughs> He doesn't stop, and and he makes a lot of the plays he makes because he never quit on the play. Um, but it, it's not, you know, it's not Fred Warner over there. It's not, you know, somebody that I'm I'm trying to game plan to avoid. That's kind of the area of the of the defense that I'm attacking yeah. if I'm the Bills. And if it's Tommy Sweeney, I don't care. I'll put Tommy Sweeney, Reggie Gilliam, run some seam routes, yeah. run some underneath crossers. I think that's a he's no. He's no Milano, he's no Edmonds, he's no uh, Fred Warner, he's Van Ginkle. Van Ginkle. That's fun to say, say at that least. Three ta- yeah, you know, could you admit, you know, I, just look, before you go to bed tonight, stare in the mirror and say that three times. Oh, well, if you do that. Rumor has it, if you say that, you get, a, you get his hair. Yeah, he shows up behind you if you do it too. <laughs> yeah, and gives you the hair personally. <laughs> You've earned this. I'm going to try it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the last thing, and that's coaching. And I, I'll say this. I still think Brian Flores is a good coach, but this team has not hit on their draft picks. Let's look at their first three dra- first-round draft picks, just the first-round draft picks of the 2020 draft. 
Round one, pick five, Tua Tonga Vailoa. Unproven, trade rumors. Round one, pick 18, Austin Jackson, offensive tackle. Unproven, part of a really, really bad pass blocking O line, and I guess okay to upper echelon run blocking offensive line, but I don't know if they're going his way. And then last but not least, and I'm really sorry if I mispronounce your name, first round pick, pick 30, Noah Iganobani, quarterback out of Auburn. You know, they said like, oh, he's a pretty good man. And we saw how Stephon Diggs burned him in week two of that 2020 season. And he's not even a starter. Like, if this team drafted correctly, and I know this is with the power of hindsight, we could be talking about this team very, very differently, right? But we're not. If you even change that first-round pick from Tua to Justin Herbert, this changes the whole dynamics of this team. But they didn't. They are not hitting on their draft picks. And I I kind of feel for a guy like Flores because, you know, he... He's doing the right things, but the players are not there. So, except for Van Ginkle. Van Ginkle. So, I kind of agree and disagree with you at the same time. And I think it's too early to to make judgments on some of these first round picks. Um, but what I will say for Brian Flores is. I think as far as a coach, he has it as a leader and, you know, the te- the guy that can really, you know, rally the troops and and get them fired up. And I think he's a good coach in that regard. And where I think he kind of comes up short and we kind of saw it with Fitz and Tua last year is kind of like the handling of the roster and, and maybe we're starting to see um, – his ability to develop players, you know, and you said, you know, if the Dolphins take Justin Herbert, maybe, maybe we're in for a whole different matchup this week. Um, you know, that's provided that they also develop Herbert the same way and, and get the same Mm -hmm. play out of him. Um, but for, for a team that's had as many first round picks as they've had, you know, maybe they really have missed on all these picks and, and they just, suck at scouting and and they draft all the wrong people um but to miss on that many first round picks i think it's more likely that they are having a problem developing and getting the most out of these players and mm-hmm. i don't put that squarely on flores you know he's he's the he's the leader of it but you know his assistance and whatnot um I don't know, maybe he's not surrounding himself with the right guys to to get the best out of these players and whatnot. Um, but that's, I have a lot of respect for Brian Flores, but kind of where I started turning on him is the the carousel last year with Fitz and, and mm-hmm. Tua. And, and for me, you kind of just took, you know, almost a full year out of Tua's development and seeing what you had in him last year you know, pulling him in critical moments and letting Fitz go back in there and Tua starts this week and Fitz is back next week and and to do all that and you know, it's a different story if you make the playoffs and 
and sell some tickets that way. Um, but it, it was like a double L there that you have less of a sample size on Tua and you miss the playoffs and you hurt your draft stock. And it just kind of like all snowballed for bad coaching decisions, in my opinion. So, Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, and it's hard to disagree with you. And I'm not going to, although I will say, you know, when he did put put Fitz, Fitz back out there on some of those games, he he won a good majority of those. Like, think about that Raiders game where he literally his head's turned this way, but he throws like this monster of a pass. I, I don't suspect that Tua could have done that. He almost, uh, you know, brought the Dolphins back against the Broncos last year, a really bad Broncos team, but, you know, that didn't happen. In any event, I I agree with you. The carousel did hurt Tua Tungavailoa. But hey, at the end of the day, at least they have that giggle. I hate you. All right. Let's 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 get uh to these game predictions. Who who do you got? Uh I got the Bills um in a tighter affair than than the first go round. Um uh, I no what? No shutout? No, I'll put this one at 34 to 20. Hmm. I, you know, I don't do game predictions. I'm just going to predict a Bills win here. McDermott is 4-0 out of the bye week. And like I said, this man, this team just took a hard L against the Titans on Monday night, less than two weeks ago. So, And hey, it's Halloween. I don't feel good for the Finns, so that that's where I'm I'm sitting at. Go Bills, that's where I, I that's how I feel. <laughs> Anyways, that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode. Go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, and review our podcast as well as other amazing shows that you can find on the Built in Buffalo Network. Well, wait, hold on, Justin, give the people what they want. Where is she? <laughs> wait, who? Wait, you gotta you gotta ask me. What gives me the right? What gives you the right? Oh no, we're hockey pads. But we're playing football. People are gonna think that Christian Bale's in the room right now. <laughs> I know. Speaking of hockey, hey, the Sabres. Wait, I'm not a I'm not a Sabres guy, but if you're looking for Sabres content, we got that over on the Built-in Buffalo Network as well. So go ahead and check them out, as well as us, by searching up the you know the Built-in Buffalo network or by searching up the wandering buffalo podcast like i said uh if we're looking for great guests to join our show so feel free to do so justin where can the people find you and your incredible batman impersonations oh uh, you can find me and my incredible impressions on social media at jgods222 maybe i'll have to make that a new thing i'll i'll, I'll keep working on it and put it out there because obviously the people want more of that no problem. And you can find me on most social media pa- platforms plat, plat, platforms by searching up 2 Changs. That's going to do it up for today's episode. And, uh, hey, next time we talk, let's, let's hope it's about a Bills W. Hey. All right? Go Bills. Go Bills.